Welcome to the Health and Wealth Power Hour, the podcast provides you with the knowledge and insights you need to achieve physical, mental, and financial well-being. I'm your host, Arlen Pickett, a business consultant who's passionate about helping people achieve a more balanced and healthier life. Each week, we'll deep dive into topics related to health and wealth, including retirement income planning, innovative healthcare solutions, alternative funded health plans, and specific actions individuals and business owners can take to gain control of their finances, have access to affordable quality health care, and achieve peace of mind. We'll also be joined by innovative experts who will share their knowledge and insights on prevalent topics. So, whether you're looking to grow your wealth or improve your health, you've come to the right place. Get ready to be informed, inspired, and empowered. Let's get started. All right, gang, welcome to another exciting episode of the Health and Wealth Power Hour. I am your host, Harlan Pickett. Thank you so much for joining with us today. Are you a small business owner? I am. I got two companies. Man, it's fun. No, never any problems here. Everything runs so smooth. Never any chaos. Every day is all butterflies and rainbows. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, I'm lying. I'm lying. <laughs> chaos, craziness. You never know what's going to happen next when you're a small business owner. Well, today we're going to have some very valuable insights for you. We have a super incredible special guest for you. If you're a small business owner, you do not want to miss out on this valuable information. It can change the dynamic of your business. It can change the direction of your business. And most of all, it can actually start providing you the peace of mind that you need to run that business in a better way. Let's get away from that stress. Let's start bringing things together. Let's beat down the chaos and let's make things run better. Today, we are super excited to have Carrie Ann Powell, founder. I'm going to try not to destroy this. Trafalgar Strategies. Did I get it right, Carrie Ann? Got it perfectly right, Harlan. <laughs> All right, great. Hey, thank you. Welcome aboard the Health and Wealth Power Hour and taking time out of your busy day to share some of these strategies with us. Hey, I am so happy to be here. Really, what a joy. Thank you so much. So the very first thing I want to get into, you started this business. You, you Here you are. You're going along. You're the small business owner. You kind of been doing things on your own. Not too bad. You've been kind of getting around most of this stuff. A few things are thrown at you. You go along. Then you make the dreaded mistake. You hire an employee. Ah! <laughs> I'm going to tell you, one of the greatest things you can do is get big enough to hire an employee. And one of the, the most horrible things you can do is get big enough to hire an employee. So let's just talk about that small business progression that happens and the chaos that's inherent in that and some of the strategies folks can do to really address that. Yeah, totally, Harlan. You're absolutely right. You know, there's there's four main sorts of, and I just just call them. Um, I really just call them symptoms of chaos because they're not the actual chaos, even though we all feel like this is the chaos. Definitely, one of them is around building that team. Whether the person has built a team, it was going well, and somehow it's not going that smoothly anymore, or you're having a difficult time building the strong team. So that's definitely one of the symptoms of chaos. And as you mentioned. You know, it's it's such an important step for a business because, you know, you start looking at the United States and I don't remember what the statistics are, but it's a high percentage of small businesses actually are not employer 
firms, meaning that they don't have employees, which it, to me, I, I don't understand how they are thriving and surviving. But, you know, the reality is, so when someone does decide, okay, I'm going to get my first employee, I'm going to hire my second employee, it can be such a great symbol and um, sort of marker of growth in the business. But it can also, if you don't do it right, it can also be a huge challenge. And one of the reasons why is because we sometimes hire people, I have noticed with um, many, many, many uh, small and medium-sized companies, they hire based on personality. It's sort of like, oh yeah, cousin Susie knows how to do social media, so let's just bring her in, you know, or, you know, or Uncle Bob's really good at accounting, so let's bring him in. And so they build this hodgepodge of people in your team. And then when it's time to really assess and really kind of move to the next level in the, in the company, you have this sort of motley crew of people that you didn't actually sit down and look at and say, what does the business really need? What qualifications does this particular role truly need? What type of personality type is best for that role? And are we putting that person in the right seat on the right boss on the right bus? But so then you sort of built this hodgepodge. Now you have to look back and you're like, the team isn't running efficiently. Why? Because, well, you kind of built it a little weird. So now you have to go back and kind of see, okay, you know, you're like, well, I can't hire. And many businesses are like, well, I can't fire my whole team. No, 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 not about that. You're not burning down the business, but you are needing to assess what's happening in the business currently. And I always like to say one way to do that instead of deciding, oh, I'm going to burn the whole thing down and start anew is to kind of look at it like business 1.0 and business 2.0. Business 1.0 is your current business. It's running, you know, doing its limp along for whatever the chaos that's happening in it. And then you're looking at and you're taking some time as the owner of the business to look at business 2.0. What do I need today? And if I didn't have anyone working for me, what would I need to build in this company now? You, you fix that and you begin to look at your current team and say, hmm, you know, Miss Marge over there, who's been in the company for 10 years, but she's really not suited for customer service, you know? Um, how about we maybe uptrain her to do better customer service or, up, you know, retrain, reskill to put her into accounting. So you'd want to kind of make these kinds of transitions in a way that allows you to save your save your team, but in in but in the end, not have to blow things up, you know. But your team, if you are not, if your team is not positioned correctly, if they're not sitting in the right seat and on the proper bus, doing what they need to be doing, um, you that can be a huge chaotic problem, a symptom of chaos in the in the business. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of times, and I know we went through this as well at Eagle Care, is when we hired, we kind of had one thought of the way we were going to structure everything and what we were going to do and jobs that people were going to going to have. Your, your responsibilities are going to be X and your responsibilities are going to be Z and your responsibilities are going to be A. But as time went by, the way that we approached business and things that we did changed. We we didn't go wholesale and change everything we were doing, but we changed enough that the roles that we had people in were very different than what we hired them for. So we yeah. certainly felt some of those pains you're talking about because, you know, here, here's Mama Joe over here that's doing this job. And all of a sudden, Mama Joe has no experience whatsoever because that's not what we hired her for. We didn't need, say, a full-time accountant. Now we okay. do. Now we do. But what if you have no one on your staff that has those skills? Then yes. you have to train up someone there 
Mm-hmm. Or you're going to have to find one anyway, because yeah. it doesn't change your need, right? Exactly, Harlan. That's the bottom line. You know, a lot of times, and again, you know what, I'm, I I love my team and I really know, I love it when I see companies that have a good relationship with their, with their team. At the same time, the baby is the business. Yeah. So the baby, the, 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 the business has to be the, the thing that we're taking care of so that we can generate the value coming out of the business so that it can create the value for, you know, the owner, the employees, the customers, because if the baby dies, then none of this happens. So if you have, it's, it's difficult, you know, and, you know, and, and Harlan, I'm not minimizing the difficulty or the awkwardness or the difficulty in that conversation that you need to have or whatever the decisions you have to make. But that's what a leader does. They make the hard decisions, right? That's right. So um, if you find that you are in a situation like that, it's really important to nip that in the bud real fast, real quick, because what ends up happening is, okay, yes, it's not serving the business if you have someone sitting in a seat that's not that they're not qualified for, or if their temperament isn't good for that role. But you also are mimicking back to other employees that it's okay to not be fully qualified for this role, or it's okay to sort of be half halfing it, you know, and you don't want to, you, you don't want to create a culture like that. So even if you hire more people, but so-and-so isn't doing a good job, no matter for whatever reason it is, it could be because when you hired them, they were good at what they did, but you expanded the role. You have to think about also how that's affecting the other employees and the culture of the business. That is a great point because, let, you know, if you had, there you go, you got Mama Joe again that you brought in here mm-hmm. and you promised her, hey, as we grow, you're going to grow with us. You're going to be mm-hmm. a leader. You're going to be a manager. You're going to be a director. You're going to do all these things. We have great plans for this. Well, if she ends up or he ends up over at this particular job and now the folks that she that he or she is supervising know far more about that than they right? do. Right can be a recipe for disaster especially when they know the only reason that you're there is because you were here from the beginning are your family and yeah. i'm not family and there mm-hmm. goes the divide right there now chaos is just, yes chaos breeds into that you don't have a happy workplace it's not what you really had envisioned to begin with exactly exactly point 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 check and I think it's very easy to fall into that because oh, as small business owners, who do we mm-hmm. want to hire first, right? Family, people we know, people we love and trust. Mm-hmm. Trust mm-hmm. is a big deal when you start hiring people. Yeah. And I don't know too many folks that just started hiring without hiring someone they know some way first. They didn't just you know, go out there on Indeed and find their very first employee and hope for the best. Right, right, exactly, exactly. And you know, the thing is, and and that's where you start going, you know, to, to again, you know, if, if it's early days, you definitely want to be thinking about, particularly if you're thinking about hiring, you know, adding new, new team members, right? You want to definitely be thinking about what does this position really require? What type of temperament does it require? And when you're beginning to, and, and also too, you always want to be hiring people that are self-motivated, yeah. self-motivated because you can train someone truth be told you don't have to go and you know recruit from harvard to get a good a good uh employee but you you can't if you hire someone that's not self-motivated uh, that's just it's a recipe for disaster get people that are self-motivated that are pulling you along where you'd be like wait hold up right 
so that when as the business scales and as the business grows, you have people who are excited to move things forward. The other thing you want to be thinking about is around the culture of the organization. You do not want to create toxicity in the company. And so even if your best salesperson who's bringing in the top dollars if that person is not operating under the values that which you have op which you want your business to operate meaning the cultural values of your company even if that person is at the top best salesperson you got to let them go because you're basically creating creating a cancer in your company that in the end you're stifling all of the other kinds of uh, um, all the other people in your company being willing to operate at their highest peak. Because if you if you are stifling that by allowing someone to behave poorly, then you you're you're fostering a negative work environment, and people will stop performing well. Well, and it just makes sense, right? I don't care how good that performer is or how much they're bringing into your company. That makes it very difficult, right? It makes it very difficult. And mm -hmm. I have literally seen people say. Well, if it wasn't for him, you wouldn't have a job. So shut up and do what he told you to do. Or just, oh, yeah. yeah, suck it up. I know he's a fill in the blank. I know mm -hmm. he's, but mm -hmm. you're going to have to, we've all got to, Hey, I'm the owner of the company and I got to listen to it because we wouldn't mm -hmm. have a company without him. He is just that good. What's the price of your soul? I mean, come on. What yes. is the price <laughs> of your soul at this case? Yes, Selling exactly. that is it really your company anymore? Quite honestly, it's not. It is that person's company now. Yes, it is. It is. It really, really is. And you know what? Again, it goes back to there are some things you can train people to do. So here's the thing. Say, say you say you have to, you know, uh, you know, part ways. Cause it doesn't mean that it's because that person is behaving poorly. It doesn't mean you can't lead well. I often say about leadership, there's three prongs. It's leading oneself. Is leading one's team and it's leading one's organization. Just because someone is 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 a cancer in your company, doesn't mean you can't get that person to change behavior and to come on board. Because right. there are many ways you can do that. But I think a lot of a lot of business owners feel very um, worried that if they they even approach it, then the person's going to walk. Okay, fine, let them walk. Because in the end, what's going to happen is you're going to clean out something really bad out of the company, and then you then have an open a open space to be able to build up someone else in the company who might even be better off, right. better than that person, if you gave them the tools and the training and the opportunity. No, I agree with that. I, I think there's so many times we live in the now, mm -hmm. and we're we'll put up with a lot because we're living in the now and because there's some level of success, especially if you haven't had that success before. Right. And right. As entrepreneurs, we fail, we fail, we fail. There's sometimes we succeed. And then I think this is one of the reasons right here that you said, why there's so many uh, are so many small businesses, not hiring employees because we succeeded and we were yeah. happy and we were mm -hmm. satisfied and we were content with right there. We could have made a bigger impact, we could have made a more important impact, but we were satisfied with where we are and we were mm -hmm. afraid to do anything different. If I add one more person or if I had to do something else, what's going to happen then? What if I fail? Yeah. Well, I've already failed a bunch of times just because you succeeded this time. You've got the roadmap now. Just keep on pushing. Keep on going. Mm -hmm. You can do it. But I think we just get content, Carrie Ann. Maybe I'm wrong there, but I think people no, just get- No, Harlan, Harlan, you're right. It is a, it's an issue of contentment, that, but it's an issue of contentment that is 
buttressed by fear because if it was truly contentment then um you would truly be happy but it's not that that like i don't want to rock the boat you know i I finally made it here i'm going to leave it there that's really more fear but it feels like contentment because because but but you know what's the um what's the anecdote to that or antidote to that is by being having a clear vision of what you want in the business. Um, when companies come to us, we often just sort of okay, give it to us. What's what's the true vision of the company? And also, what is your life vision? So, because if you can have a clear vision of what you want as an individual, the owner of the company, and also a clear vision of how you want to grow the business. What When I say vision, I mean there's three components to this, okay? They're the values that you hold importance in the company. That's one component of the business vision. There is, there's the purpose of the company. So I like to think of the cur- purpose as a very short, pithy statement that, that really distills down what it is you do. So for instance, in our company, our purpose is we're in the business of helping businesses thrive. It's that simple, but it's very core and it's distilled. So if you can come up with what that statement is for you, what are you really in the business of doing? And don't start getting all boring and say, well, we help people develop a high potential of health and blah, blah, blah. Like be really sustained, but powerful. And like the pow, what exactly is it that you do? And that might take some time, you know, where you you really think about it and you sit down with your team and you do the whole thing. And then the third component of having a vision is you need to have a core strategic goal. What is a core strategic goal? A core strategic goal is a goal that's 15 years in the future. How do you see the business 15 years in the future, 20 years in the future? It's that goal, you know, ever heard the term BHAG? I think if, you know, it's always in the in the prelance of business, you know, big, hairy, audacious goal. That's what your core strategic goal is. So if you can have a strong vision of where you want your company to be in the next 15, 20 years. When I say that, I don't mean it fluffy and imaginary. I mean, how much revenue do you want to be bringing in? What regions are you going to be working in? What countries are you working in? How many products are you going to be selling? You know, what have you evolved into? Are you the premier top number one in your industry? That kind of stuff, real hardcore statements. And once you have that vision, which includes those three elements, the values, the purpose and your core strategic goal, then you have something to move move towards. Therefore, you're like, well, what would it take for me to get there in 15 years? Well, I can't be sitting right here in my laurels. I gotta keep, I gotta keep building. I gotta keep innovating. I gotta keep optimizing. We gotta keep building the team. That way you're not sitting on your laurels. And you and that fear, yeah, fear is always gonna be there. Oh my goodness. But it's a compelling vision that draws you forward and allows you to get rid of your fear. Yeah, there is no doubt fear plays a huge part in all of that. Mm-hmm. I think one of the th- one of the things you brought up there was that long-term goal. Yeah. And in talking to business owners for years now and network whether it's networking with them, sitting down, helping them with their benefits, whatever it is. Yeah. There is a distinct line between those you're talking to that are planning out 3 months sometimes just three weeks, three, mm-hmm. <laughs> six months. Mm-hmm. And, and quite honestly, can't even think about what it would look like a year from now. Yeah. Okay? And those that don't even really want to talk about the next three months or six months, they want to talk about things in years, in decades, in yeah. chunks. Yeah. And 
their vision is just so different. And it doesn't mean they don't care about the short term. It means that when they're thinking of a strategy and they're thinking of things they're going to do, they're actually thinking, well, what impact will this have on my business from five years from now? If we decide to do this right now, what's that going to look like in five years? Yeah. Yeah. Not if we do this right now, what's that going to look like in three weeks? Yeah. Very different mindset. And it is an interesting thing to when, when you talk to folks, how different that is and explaining, especially to to smaller business people who've really, this is kind of their first foray into it, how important it is to have that long-term goal, just like you spoke about. You've got to. Harley, you can't, you can't build it without that. You can't build it without that. And, you know, it's, it's not to say there's a couple, you know, I'm so glad you mentioned that sort of like this, it's a very clear line. And I agree. I've noticed that too. Um, And I want to be clear you don't have to want to build a massive company. Right. It's okay if you, want to, if you want to stay small. It's okay, but you still have to have a plan for what that looks like for you. <laughs> you really do. <laughs> so, so this is not an issue of us saying every everyone needs to be a growth company and everyone needs to scale and blah, blah, blah. But if everyone needs to have a plan. Um, for how that's going to work. And when you have a plan, when you have a core strategic goal, and what I do with my clients when I'm working them through a strategic plan, we start with the top and we just go all the way down to the point where it is it is every executionary point of a day-to-day behaviors within the company all lead back up to the top. So it's almost like if you imagine a funnel, yes? The top, the top layer of the funnel is that core strategic goal. Then we move into your annual goals, one, two, and three years. I don't go any further than three years after you have your core strategic goal. Then once you look at your one year, then you're starting to say, okay, what are the objectives or the focus areas? I I call them focus areas and objectives, your FAOs. What are those things that we need to be focusing on that would fall in line with your one-year goal. And once you have those in place, then what are the tactics that you're going to put into place? Now you have something built in. Then you start looking at your quarterlies. Then you start looking at your monthlies. Then you start looking at your weeklies and you're doing your KPIs, your metrics, the things you're measuring on a daily basis. Therefore, here's a problem with a lot of business owners where they feel like, you know, they don't really feel like they've been able to develop a team that's really moving together in sync and in flow. A part of it is because they, people need to have a vision to work towards. Now there's a big myth out there talking about people are lazy and people don't want to work. That is hogwash and is a lie. The reality is though, people need to be able to have something, a vision, a purpose that is bigger than themselves. And it doesn't have to be some grandiose thing where you're going to say, the world and save cancer, you know, you know, cure cancer or whatever the thing is. Something very simple, but a vision that you, the owner, you, the business leader, is projecting out. That saying, this is what we're about in this business, and this is what we're trying to hit in the next 15 years. When people can buy into that. Oh my goodness, their day-to-day activities are now connected to a big goal, a big vision, and that is where you start seeing people come up with brilliant ideas. You see people saying, "Hey, what do we do this? How about we do this? I think we should do this." And you're not having to push people; people are pulling you, and that's a good time to be. That's a good place to be. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's funny. You also, and I'm sure you've run into this. You've got people that, such as ourselves, that are entrepreneurs. You got people that want to do something, want to start something, want to lead something, and you got other people that say, "Oh no, I'm not like that. I, I just want to be part of something." Mm-hmm. Well, let me tell you, 
everyone wants to be a part of something, even those of us that are leaders, but we want to be a part of something and we want to lead that change. We cannot do that without the folks behind us helping us make that change. Exactly. And so even if you want to be part of that, and I've even had people say, you know what, I'm, I promise you, I'm one of these. I can never work for someone again. I can never work for someone again. And you know why I say that? Because my past has not been working for someone who had that kind of vision and gave me the feeling of being part of something bigger. Yes, it's true. And in corporate America, that's typically what you get. You're mm -hmm. just a cog. You're mm -hmm. just, why do people, why are people lazy and don't want to work? Because you didn't give them anything to do to begin with. No vision. I mean, no the, vision. The, the scripture no way says, to make without vision, happen. the people will perish. I mean, this is not something, this is a, this is a, a, a whether, not you're, whether not you believe in the, in, in the Bible or not, the reality is these are these are traditional um, viewpoints that are, that have carried humanity forever. And these and it doesn't in this particular thought process, the idea of without a vision, the people will perish. It's not just something that sort of comes only in Christianity. It it mimics itself through all the religious traditions around the globe. So there's a reality here. If there is no vision. You can't get people to operate at their highest peak. People will come to work and do their jobs as long as you, you know, pay them. But I mean, and, and that's nothing bad. I mean, making a living is a value, is an honorable thing. But oh my goodness, have you seen people who have bought into something? That's a different kind of level of commitment. The different kind of level of high standards is a different kind of level of work. And if you can inspire people to do that, then do that. But a pro but the issue is you have to first one. What I say, lead yourself. So if you can't get yourself up and at them and excited about the vision of your business, then there is no way anyone is going to be excited about your business more than you. Absolutely. And I'm going to bring this around. And I know a number of you out there that listen to this are in the benefits industry. You're in my industry. You are out there working with businesses. You are selling insurance or you're putting together plans. I want you to think about this. If you're not excited about what you do, if you don't believe that you're making real change by continuing to re-enroll people in the same old insurance plan every year, and they keep getting this six, eight, 10, 12, 15% increase, and you feel like you're doing an outstanding job by getting the insurance company to knock that 15 down, down to 10 or 12. If that's what your job is and you, and you're wondering why you feel like you're never moving anywhere. That's because you're not on mission. You're not on the mission. We were truly here to put on the, the good Lord wants you to make an impact in people's lives in a positive way. And that ain't it folks. You need yeah. to get off of that the treadmill of doing the same old thing and look at ways that we can actually make an impact, bring uh, advice, bring advisement to these companies, help them change the way that they're accessing healthcare, help them help their employees be happier, help their employees be healthier, help those companies make a huge impact on their bottom line by having true access to healthcare. That's what we do every single day. And I challenge you, I challenge you to make that same difference. That's exactly what you're talking about here, Carrie Ann. Yeah. I got to bring yeah. it into my industry because we have a huge problem here with people yeah. just riding that treadmill. You know, Harlan, I'm so glad you said that because, you know, and, and I get it here and, and I, and I, and I don't want the person who's listened to this think that somehow we are up in la la land and we don't get it. Right. 
But the reality is you're not just selling insurance, okay? Because you're making an impact on other people's lives. And I think a large right. part of what we, what it's difficult because if you're in the day-to-day -day grind of the business, sometimes you can forget what it is that you're, how you're actually impacting people. But if you can take a step back, and that's why I always recommend pause, you know, if you are so far in the business that you spend your whole day working in the business that you cannot be above the ground being strategic, I, I it's a problem because you're not able to think in the in the in the higher levels of strategy and the higher levels of what you're doing. But if you can think about what is it that you actually are doing, how you are truly impacting the lives of the people that are going to be benefiting from your benefiting from your from your products that are you know being sold into your products those kinds of things then because once you start thinking about it on a deeper level then you begin to i mean unless you are selling something that is harmful to people then there's a value in everything that we're selling i mean if you think about just a lollipop okay which i guess you could probably say that's probably harmful because it's sugar and all that kind of stuff <laughs> but the joy a kid gets by i mean just the, the you know the moment a kid gets their lollipop and they stick it in their mouth and their eyes and they're running on the place and there's red lips and there's sticky fingers and there's memories <laughs> that are created i mean you know it's a part of you doing a business is being able to say yeah here's how i'm making an impact and this is the standard by which we're going to do that because a lot of it is creating us a, a leveling up the standard that you operate in as the owner, your employees begin to get that, and therefore you're operating differently. The companies that 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 thrive, that stay for a long time, that have staying power, they have a clear, clear system, a, a clear uh, image, a vision of what they want to be, and and they're doing it. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the other things I'll tell you that you get out of when you do that, and that is actually you get to be part of a strategy. Uh, most of the folks in our industry right now, it's a year to year thing. I'm going to get you on it. Go ahead and get you on this plan this year. We're going to go ahead and take this 12% increase. And mm -hmm. next year, hopefully it'll be better. So what strategy do you put in place? <laughs> right, exactly. I hope uh, things are better, but if they're not, strategy. we'll just switch companies to another company and then we'll hopefully that'll, that'll be better. Yes. So what strategies, what long-term strategies you put in place here? You put in none. Now none. I'm going to be honest. Here's a, here's a big part of this, Carrie Ann. It's yes. hard work. It's hard work. You're no longer just plug and play. You've actually got to go out and work and build things and learn stuff and stay up with the industry and have knowledge and know how all this stuff works. You've got to know how to put the healthcare supply chain together and do the right thing for the business. Oh my gosh, you got to ask them questions. What a crazy idea. Let's what ask a concept. That's right. But it's all the same things that we we're saying we need to do with our own business, right? It's really yeah. nothing different. It's the same thing. Because if yeah. you were acting like a true advisor to that, it's the same thing you do with a business owner. Yes. Yeah. There is no way that you can help a business without finding out about that business and finding out where the problems are to begin with. And there's yeah. no way as an advisor in this industry, you can find out how to fix things and make things better without asking questions and finding out what's going on. Exactly, Harlan. And I think that's the thing, you know, we, you know, I'm, I, you know, we're, we're all human and we all want to take, you know, easy street a little bit. Right. Yeah. But the thing is, though, so 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 no shame there. That's kind of where you are. But that's living at a at a very low level. It's not who right. we really are created to be. 
That's correct. Um, and I and I and I want to encourage someone. So this is not a shame issue, but it is calling you forth to a higher place, to your higher self. You are we 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 are created to operate at our peak. And so the question is, how do we operate at our peak? First, we have to have a clear vision of what we want our lives to be. What does life look like for you? Because the business vision needs to align with your life plan. So if you haven't sat down and thought about, particularly if you know, obviously you're a business owner, you're still working in the business. This is a different situation if you know you're outside of the business now and you've hired professional, uh, professional CEOs to be in there. But if you're still working in the business somehow, even if it's just at, a, at the chairman of the board stage, um, your your life plan, how you want to see your life moving forward. Um, has to align with the business vision in a way that makes sense. And, you know, look, if there's no alignment, what do you, what do we tweak? We, we don't tweak the life we plan. We, we tweak the business because I mean, in the end, you know, your life plan is comes from the innards. Okay. All right. So, but so you, once you sort of think about this, you begin to have a, a bigger vision already. And then you kind of say, okay, but really the truth, you know, who, what do I truly want to build here? What, what do I want to build here? And who am I as a business owner? Who am I as a leader? Who am I? And, and if you, and looky here, look, as an entrepreneur, there are many personality types that are entrepreneurial, okay? So just because, so you're, everyone's an entrepreneur if you own your business, right? However, um, you know, some people, personality types are entrepreneurial, Others are more managerial. Others are more sustainable. You know, they, they sustain the business. So uh, you know, some people are like more the star. They sort of show point me where I need to show up and then others are going to do the background. So here's the thing around this. You kind of figure out what your personality type is. What's your core motivation in being a business? If you're an entrepreneur, entrepreneurial as an entrepreneur, meaning you like to take risks, you like to build things and then move on and that kind of thing. Then you need to bring someone on board who's more of the star and more of the manager. So you want those two personalities to balance out your entrepreneurial style of being so that when you've now kind of figured something out and you've done the thing and you want to go on and start the next thing, you have people that are there to sustain it and people can be the sort of the face of it. And so, but if you're more of a star person, and you, and you, but you're not, you're more a star person or a manager person, you bring someone on board that's more entrepreneurial, okay? So a part of this is just recognizing, there's a quote that I, a proverb that I always say, it's an African proverb, I don't know who said it. And it says, if you want to, go um go fast go go alone but if you want to go far go together well, yeah, so you need true. people if you want to have some lasting legacy and some long-term um last like your let your business to last you do need to have people that are surrounding you that you that are different than you operate differently than you that can bring the whole thing to fruition but you cannot if you're the core if you're the owner if you're the founder you have to first have a high standard so I invite you to bring yourself up to your highest level and say no this is who I am I don't operate subpar maybe I did for the past couple of years but right now I want to be at a certain level get there create a big vision and I promise you people will follow you Absolutely. And I, I think that you made some very, very good points there. And most entrepreneurs, if they're not going to be satisfied, right, they're not going to be completely satisfied, they're going to need help because they're not going to feel 
all of those roles. You're just not going to. I promise I am not the organization guy. I got some ideas and I'm going to go and I'm, I have mm -hmm. no problem talking. Have you all ever noticed? I have no problem talking. I have no problem talking. I have no uh, problem getting up on stage. No problem being the face, all of that kind of stuff. But when it gets time to organize stuff, ee, I'm all over the place. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Um, uh, there's a reason why I don't let you see my background. I don't let you see my desk. Okay. I got this nice, <laughs> beautiful placard here so no one can see that. Exactly. But the whole dynamic of my business changed whenever my wife came to work for me. Why? Okay, let me change that. When she came aboard, I became her employee then, right? But that's right, right, exactly. <laughs> but the, the bottom line is that she is Mrs. Organization. She keeps me on track. She introduces things like calendars and ways for people to set appointments that way. You know, mm -hmm. I had the old book where I wrote stuff in and, mm -hmm. you know, I was old school with everything. Uh, she moved us to a more electronic and much more efficient way of looking at things, of dealing with things. Uh, we separated out emails to different things. We we created emails that said things like customer service at here, uh, you know, info at here. Before they all came to me and I was wondering why I was buried in everything and the, how I missed this one for this or that. Uh, they're just little bitty things like that that I'm really not the guy to think about those. I am more big picture. I'm more, let's go get her done. I'm more, let's sell some stuff. Let's go on. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Mm -hmm. But I had went as far as I could and yes. growing by myself. By I understood those limitations. Thank yeah. the Lord. I understood yes. those limitations. Exactly. Someone that helped me yeah. make, take those next steps. Exactly. And I'm telling you, you know, people often, I, I, I find it very interesting how people, a part of it is our egos, a part of it is our insecurities. This is like, well, you know, I, I'm the only one that could really do it. Yeah, no, not really. Not, not really at all. You're not that special. God bless you, but you're not. So the thing is, um, if you, and, and, and it's, what people often realize is that, you know, our personality types, you know, I'm sure if your wife, had to go on stage and do all the stuff that you're doing, you know, she, she probably could, but it takes way more stuff within her to get her up on that stage and to do the yes. thing. Right. And yes. so like, most people can do a thing, but it's, it's more, it's more how much energy and, and with, and power load does it take for you to be able to do the thing? There are some people that are way like for them, they could close their eyes and manage, you know, and organize a, a system in the in, in your in your business, and it not be a thing. Whereas you, you could probably do it if you were forced to do it, but it would take all this energy and time. Yes. But that is what we're talking about. We're, you're, you want to lean into, bring leaders into your company that for for them the things that that caught that make you like say, okay, here I gotta do it. Let me have you know steely up and do it. This, they can do those things with their eyes closed without even breathing because they love it. And so that is what we talk about when we talk about scaling together. Right. It's finding out all of the strengths that each person has. What is the, not just the skills and the um, innate skills that they have and the skills they've learned, but their temperament. That is when I say, you know, temperament weighs a lot just because someone is good at sales. Their temperament makes you decide if they're good at sales long term, because 
in the end, are they going to do it and be happy about it and light about it and it just sort of roll off of them as opposed to this, yeah, I can get it done, get it done, you know, I'll focus, I'll get it done. That's what you're, you know, you're trying to balance out that weight. And once you get people who are fitting into the puzzle, then you'll see your business just smoothly run, smoothly run, very lovely if you have good people in there. But again, you have to definitely be hiring people who are self-motivated and also people who are bought into the vision of the company and have a particular uh, passion towards it so that it's like, you know, they're moving along. And you also talked about this idea of people like, oh, I got it to here and I'm going to just sort of keep it here. Look, running a business and you didn't feel very good sort of like when you're in corporate sort of a cog in the wheel thing here's the thing the beauty of the beautiful thing about small and medium-sized companies is that you know a company is sort of a microcosm of society but the good thing about a small and medium-sized company is that you have more control over creating the type of cotton the, the, the culture within that company there are people who have skills that they want to express out there in 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 a place that would value their skills and there are people that want to be able to make a living expressing their skills if you can create a company where people can express their skills be compensated for it be appreciated for it be rewarded for it in a place that's safe and call you know, i mean think about it that's you building something and so that's the beauty of a small and medium-sized company where people don't have to feel like a cog in the wheel. People can work, work hard, you know, be able to support their families, provide for their kids, and also express their giftings in a way, in a, in a place that rewards them, not just financially, but rewards them by saying, yeah, I what you got, oh my gosh, thank God you are here. We are so glad you are here, okay? And that is all people really ever want. You know, I agree with that. Absolutely, I agree with that. But let let's talk about. It. Let's shift gears just a little bit because this is just yeah. a small change, but it's a yeah, yeah. change, and that's what I want to talk about is change because change is one of the most terrifying words in the vocabulary. You open up change, and there's like a skull and crossbones and spooky little stuff <laughs> all over there because change scares the tar out of folks, right? It really does, yeah. Uh, yeah. and change doesn't have to be scary, but I think there's just something built into many, many people when they hear that word, hey, we're going to make some changes. Hey, we're going to mix things up. Hey, we're going to go in a different direction. That's a whole different one. Sometimes you get that one. That's bad. But there's <laughs> there's change. And that is inherently terrifying for people. But I learned a saying that I or I heard somebody say this, and I love this. Be, yeah. Feel free to, to steal it if you ever find a reason to. The least likely outcome is status quo change is inevitable yes yes There's, it's going to happen yes, are you absolutely. going to embrace it are you going to be run over by it <laughs> but the least likely outcome is the status quo things are not going to stay the, the same no matter what happens but how are you going to deal with change yeah you know i like to think about when i think about change as you said, change is definitely the inevitable thing that's going to happen. It's the one thing that we can count on, as they often say. So if you know that to be true and your business is going to change, things 
are going to change. Yes. We just uh, lost someone in our, in our company. Um, she's dealing with um, some illness. And so she has to now walk away from the, from the business. And she was a core team member, a key, a key team member. And I'm observing that even right now, as I sort of see how we're trying to shift things and, you know, obviously we're going to replace someone, replace the role and that kind of thing. But wow, it just shifts change. And you, I couldn't, we couldn't have predicted that right. change. We had, you know, big plans for her and she had big plans and, but yet now here we are having to adjust to change. There's some things in, in business that you don't have a choice. You don't, you can't, um, predict and you can't mitigate for it right. like a key employee getting sick okay <clears throat> it is what it is however what you don't want to have happen is the natural process of change to happen and then you're not directing that change because if it's going to change your business is going to go somewhere do you you want to be the one telling it where it's going to go and, and, and that's where I think, you know, there's a couple, there's sort of eight things that we always talk about with our, with our um, clients and we focus in on one of them is the, and we, we call it optimization and innovation. We put them, it's, it's a ring that we have sort of in a sort of a methodology and it's one of the rings of, of the eight rings. And we put optimization and innovation together in the same ring. And people are always like, either people say, well, there's not the same, aren't they the same words? No, they're not. And then people who know that they're the opposite words are like, well, how can you have optimization and innovation in the same sentence? And here's what I want to say about that. Optimization, just so we're clear about this, right? Optimization is you looking at a particular thing that's happening in your business and having systems and processes in place that make that particular thing that's operating in your business better. So if you have a thing where, you know, the way that you fulfill your client, uh, your client's uh, work, you optimize that process as best as best you can each year so that it is like butter. Okay. Innovation is when you're bringing new things into the business. So to the point where you are, 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 are creating new systems, new products, anything that's new into the business. So optimization is about getting what is old in the business, operating at peak performance. Innovation is bringing in new. You could see where the, there could be some conflict, yes? What are our priorities? Do you want to spend the time um, optimizing this particular system or do you want to bring something new into the business, okay? But that's right. not the conversation we're having today. The conversation we're having today is around change. If you manage change, that means, so a lot of small and medium-sized businesses feel like, well, you know, we're like the kings of, of innovation because, well, we can pivot much bigger, much faster than the big dogs. And that's true. We are really the hotbed of innovation. That's one of the reasons why I'm a big fan of small businesses, because I feel like we are really the, the capacity to be able to innovate rests with small and medium-sized companies at the same time. We don't want to be innovating all willy-nilly just because you have a necessity. You want to have a system and a process in place that decides what, how you innovate. So if you think of innovation and like the type of innovator you are, think of it sort of like a, um, like a bell curve, okay? You want to be at the top of the bell curve, but not like on the cutting edge of the top of the <laughs> You want to be right behind the leading edge people because you see the leading edge people are 
getting the brunt of the risk of innovation. However, you need to be right behind them. You don't want to lag behind, you know, talking about you became an early, like a late adopter very far after that, where the, you know, it's kind of like AI right now. I mean, even AI, I mean, we're the early years of AI. So there might be some interesting things that are coming down the pipe, you know, so you want to be right behind the people that are like leading the edge. And how do you do that? You can use a couple of different ways. You can have sort of a, a group of people in your company that all they do is they meet once a once a month and they are assessing what's what's innovative in your industry. And that's what they're doing. They're simply having conversations once a month. You're giving them the time to do so, by the way. You're paying them. You're saying, okay, look, you got two hours per week to sort of do research on on, on innovation, things that are happening in the, in, in the industry. And you guys are meeting once a month to talk about it and then bringing it back to the leadership, okay? That is one way to stay ahead of the game. So you're not sliped, you know, you're not sort of, Oh, wait, what happened? I didn't even know this thing was coming on the pike. You don't ever want to be like, oh, I didn't know this was coming on the pike. Because guess what? Things are going to change all the time. You right. must always be aware of it. You can decide then how fast you want to go into it, how, you know, but you definitely want to be thinking about that in your business, creating systems that that allow for innovation. Larger companies, what they'll do is they, they will buy smaller companies that already done all the innovative work and they just you know, bring them into your, into the business. I mean, you could theoretically do that as well as a small and medium-sized company because you may have a company that's like, you know, three or four people that you know, have an innovative uh, tool within your industry and you suck them in, next thing you know, you're innovative. But the point that I'm saying is things will change. You will be not, you're not going to be in the same place you were last year or the year before that. The question is, do you, where do you want to be? You have to have, this goes back, Carlin, to our vision. Where do you want to be? So that you can determine where that change is. You have more control that way. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, remember, there are super dramatic examples of this. You know, the, the story, of course, of Blockbuster and streaming and all of that. Uh, you, you look at the, the taxi world now with Uber and uh, those are huge disruptors. Yeah, It's not always that dramatic that right. affects your business in a very dramatic way that can literally put you out of business because you failed to pivot. You failed to change. And most of the time, in my opinion, I believe that happens, Carrie Ann, when they when you don't stay up with what's going on in your industry, when yeah. you feel like you've got it whipped. Man, I, I'll tell you what, we've got the best solution out there. Nothing's going to change that. Yep. The problem yeah. is the status quo is the least likely. Least likely. Least likely. Least likely. And right now, I mean, if 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 some of your listeners who have been in business for a really long time, things move a lot slower in the past. Right now, things move so fast. Things that were once six so months fast. ago are old. And so you have to perpetually be on top of things, knowing what's happening and always being willing to be a student. And I really think, you know, that's where a lot of times some business owners have a hard time. They don't want to listen to their employees. This goes back to if you're hiring a self-motivated team, 
they're going to always be in the, you know, telling you, hey, let's do this, let's do this. And sometimes business owners, if their emotions and their identity is connected to being the big boss, the leader, they feel like when their employees are saying, hey, let's do this, let's do this, let's do that. They think that they're being confronted or seeing so that you're, yes. you're good enough or whatever. Let that ego go. Because I'm telling you, people, if you want to go far, go together. That means being able to respect what people are bringing to the table. And if people are interested in, in, in what's happening in your business, I mean, I'll never forget the other day when one of my team members said, you know, we have this, you know, once a month live that we do on LinkedIn and we stream it to some of our other platforms as a way to biz build business in the company. And, you know, I mean, you know, I it's, it's a good thing. I'm glad we do it. And we've been, you know, optimizing it as, as the months have gone on. And, and my, one of my team members said, hey, Carrie Ann, can we, can we have a meeting on Monday? That's, I want to show you something. I said, yeah. And, and this guy, he created a whole website, a whole entire website to promote this particular event that we do on a monthly basis. And I thought to myself, see, this is what I'm talking about. Yeah. People who are vested in your company are willing to say, hey, Carrie Ann, we got to, if we're going to do this, we got to do this right. And I'm like, yes, you're absolutely right. And 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 here we go. And so you got to want to be willing to to not think that when people are saying to you, hey, let's do this, let's do that, let's do this, you know, you know, there's a better way to do it, there's a better way to do it. It's not confronting you. They're not saying that you are not doing it right. They're just saying, we're so excited about this business that we have some great ideas and we want to share them with you. And it is your role to what? Lead yourself, lead your team, and lead your organization. If you're not if you're not leading well, it will show up in your team. If no one's coming to you with new, with great ideas, you're not leading well. If you More have that, your team, there you're not leading well. This is your that, hey, that is awesome. That is awesome right there. If you don't get, if you don't take away anything else from that right there, say it again. <laughs> if no one is coming to you saying, "Hey, let's do this, let's do that," you're not leading well. They're because just coming to your job to get a paycheck. Yeah. You're not you're, leading. Right. You're you're not creating an environment where people feel comfortable or even yeah. care. Right. right. They don't well, either they don't care. feel comfortable coming to you or they don't care. They're yes. just once again, they're getting that check, they're moving mm -hmm. on to the next day and moving on to the next day. And sooner or sooner or later, guess what they're gonna do? They're gonna move on to the next job. They're gonna move to the next job because it's okay. You know, I know it's cool and trendy. You know, you go on TikTok and you're like, oh, it's very cool. People just wanna be like, you know, um, I'm just getting a paycheck and I'm going home and whatever. But the reality is human nature has not changed. Human nature has not changed. And people really do, if they're spending eight hours a day, 40 hours a week or whatever, doing this work, they want to feel like they're doing something that's worthwhile, even if definitely people want work-life balance now and people don't want to be, you know, you know, not having a life outside of their jobs. But ultimately, though, they're spending the majority of their time working. As a result, people want to feel like it's something that's worthwhile. And if they're not getting it from you, guess what? They're going to go somewhere else, period and done. Absolutely. All right. I want you to talk just a minute here about your company and some of the services you guys bring. I've just about used up all the time I want to take out of your day. I know you got lots of people out there you still want to talk to. And I I believe with what you have shared with the audience today is super important. And I really do believe in the mission that you guys have too. So please tell a little bit about your company, how folks can reach out to you and also promote that audio event because I'm a big LinkedIn audio guy. I do my own events on there as well. 
Oh, awesome. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, so our company Trafalgar Strategies, you know, we are a business consulting company. And, you know, we primarily focus on small and medium-sized companies. So anything from 100 employees down, that's our sort of sweet spot. If you have 50 employees, that's kind of where we like to jive. And and we really believe, you know, like we, I was talking to Harlan before we hopped on the show in pre-show, I said, you know, I said, you know, I like to think of our company as sort of like, you know, how running a, running a business can feel like managing a chaotic tornado. Well, what we do is we help business owners really, you know, run their businesses smoothly so they can thrive in business and also in life. So we do a lot of strategy work. We help business owners really take a step back and look and see how can we grow the company in a strategic way? How can we ensure that we are executing in a strategic way? And how are we really being able to have bigger market share? And that's really what we're all about. And so, you know, definitely you can, you can find me. I, I hang out quite a bit on, on LinkedIn. So you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, my name is Carrie Ann Powell. The company's name is Trafalgar Strategies. And also too, you know, if you, and I don't know if you mind Harlan, but I do have a, have a free gift. If people are having a hard time, if they're noticing that they are, um, that they are are feeling a bit chaotic in their business and they just don't know what exactly is the real reason. I do have a little bit of book that someone can, they, that people can download. It's at nobusinesschaos.com. You just put your name and email address in, download that and spend some time looking up. I think of like, this name of the book is the eight true culprits that are causing chaos in your business. And you can go through and kind of see, oh, okay, here's what's really, really happening. Because oftentimes we think the chaos is one thing, but the real, real culprit is something much more sinister so yeah so reach out to me i'm human if you're like hey me and harlan are good friends we're, we're, i'm with harlan's crew say hello I'm, a, I'm i believe in real human connection so don't just you know follow and lurk around but let me know say hey how you doing because <laughs> i really do believe and yeah as i mentioned we do this uh live on linkedin once a month first thursday of the month uh, at, at 3 p.m eastern standard time it's called the founders check-in and it's basically, you know, we like to think of it as like a monthly dose of, of strategy. So people can come and just really, you know, get a bit of dose and keep it moving. <laughs> Absolutely. And guys go out. It's so if you're looking for Carrie Ann, it's Carrie Ann with a K, K-E-R-R-Y-A-N-N, pal, find her, connect with her on LinkedIn, follow her. That way you'll get updates on all of her events. If you want to kind of stalk her for a little while and see what she's doing, be one of them LinkedIn people kind of like you're saying, kind of watching and watching. That's cool. We all get those. It's all good. <laughs> then eventually you can reach out. I can tell you my thoughts, my honest God thoughts after sitting here and talking to you, I don't see how she can't help you. If you've got some chaos going on, I tell you, she's saying the right things. I think she'll help you do the right things. I am super happy that I was able to connect with you and have you on the show talking to the folks because I think it's going to make a big impact in some business life out there. Wow, Harlan, thank you. I'm so glad to hear that. And I'm just, I just want to add some value. So I'm really glad that you had me here. This conversation has been so wonderful. So thanks so much. You're very welcome. All right, gang. And so don't forget, uh, my monthly room on LinkedIn is coming up. The next one is going to be October 31st, Halloween. It's going to be a scary one, really scary LinkedIn room that day. As usual, 11 a.m. Central Time on LinkedIn. It's going to be healthcare horror stories. That's right. The LinkedIn audio room will be healthcare horror stories. Whether you are a provider 
are you i have been a patient and had some type of horror story uh, i've got one to share for you guys about craziness that happened with my dad how about unexpectedly out of nowhere being told hurry to the hospital and get a pacemaker put in with no explanation whatsoever Yes, it happened. If you want to learn the rest of that horror story, then please listen in on the 31st of October, 11 a.m. Central Time. Look forward to seeing you there. Don't forget, we also have our weekly audio rooms Monday, the kickstart, 1130 a.m. Central Time. And on every Friday, the wrap at 1030 a.m. Central Time. Keeping you up to date with industry news. Had a great one just the other day. Lots of folks attended. Never, ever Stop learning. It will help take you places that you never thought you would be. Thanks again, Carrie Ann, for being with us. Thanks, Harlan.